0: challenge your kids to do things that scare them because it's when we do the scary things that we feel the most alive. And now.
1: <laughs> hey, now. Coming to you from the K2 studios in San Diego, California. This hey, sounds girl. great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous. Everybody's hitting off like BFS chris and christine show hey what's happening everybody how are you doing today you know thank you so much for being here today and i am chris
2: and i'm christine and welcome to episode 140 of the Chris and Christine show, doo 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 doo.
1: Wow, 140 Chris and Christine show official episodes.
2: I know you threw me off on your intro though, because you did it a little bit different. Did I like, now? I always listen for like the same three words and I'm like, I wait for, thank you so much for listening and I am Chris and you did something like have a great day. At eBay. (laughs)
1: What are you talking about, baby doll? We are officially 140 episodes into this little funsy little evening project.
2: Now, did we miss a lot of different weeks? Because it would seem like if we did one episode a week, every week for three years, that we would be at like 156 episodes, but we're 16 shy of that because we're over the three-year mark. So was I slacking? Did we like um, snooze and play repeats or something? Oh
1: y- yes, COVID. And, yes, and yes, we did a lot of that stuff. There was weeks not a lot. We did, there was only
2: sixteen weeks. Well, there were some
1: times where you know we had to do replay, replay episodes because we were gone or COVID situations or oh, time. Yeah. Don't forget, we took a time off when we moved, it took like a whole month and a half off. <gasps> oh, I totally
2: forgot. Totally forgot that. That was a lovely time of life. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because I didn't have you like. Cracking the whip on me like, get back to podcasting, woman. Get get back in that podcasting seat and get on that microphone. We got bills to pay. I know. You, oh, when we first started podcasting and I was like, I just don't feel like it. You'd be like, can you please have a good attitude? Can you please just sit down and do this? And I'm like, yeah. wow. That really makes me motivated.
1: Did it? Did it now? No. Three years later? Three years later. Here we are.
2: (laughs) Fighting the same battles. But no, I had no qualms about doing this episode this week because we have a lot to talk about. We do. You go first, baby doll. Well, it has been a very interesting week. It was uh, first week back from... Uh, having a six-week break from events, and so we jumped into it yesterday with my trusty number one assistant sitting right across from me in the studio, Wedding Helper Boy himself.
1: That's right. Chris,
2: the rock star wedding co-planner.
1: I am. I'm officially... What's my title again? Logistics manager. I'm the logistics manager. Wasn't there another title you were going to give me today?
2: Wedding Helper Boy?
1: No, there's another one uh, on top Uh, of that one. I don't
2: know, but... Uh, King of Tetris? I don't know. But I said for my wedding logistics manager, I gave you your first big Christine Smith Designs project. I contracted with you. We negotiated on a rate. Actually, there was no negotiation. I just told you how much I'm going to pay you. Yeah. And, w- <laughs> but I think like this is, I feel like it's a big milestone in the business. Like there was one milestone which was like, getting my first 10 weddings and then it was like hitting the six figure mark with the business and then it hey was now. then it was building the studio and the cooler and now we've expanded so much that today we had to get a storage unit for our inventory yeah so
1: christine comes back to the house and she says hey i have a surprise for you and i'm like what is it well, close your eyes i'm like well what could it possibly be so hold my hands well, out first I, and she drops a box no, of no, no. keys in my hand
2: and i'm like what is this for?" no 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 you have to back up first i took you into the garage before yeah. Well, I obviously, you, yeah. I took you into the garage and before I gave you anything, I had you look at the pile of Christine Smith Designs inventory and I said, how does this side of the garage make you feel? And what did you I, say? And
1: I said, well, it's okay. No, you didn't. But, you said, you but, said, your but, first words were, I hate it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do hate all of that. I do. I do wish I'm kind of, a, we all have clutter in our lives, right? Uh-huh. Everybody's got clutter. Everybody's got a little bit of it going on. I would love to be less cluttered. I think we all do. I don't want to get to the side of like that show Hoarders where it's like you can't even find your feet in in the place. I mean, it's not that bad at all.
2: No, I mean, it's business stuff. But still, it is taking up half of our two-car garage.
1: And you got stuff... Like coming in too, like not only stuff you Mm -hmm. have here already, but you got new projects you're working on, new inventory coming in. So you decided to get us a, oh, sorry, you decided to get the business, its very own storage unit, correct? I
2: know. And I was really excited. So I was picking up some stuff from FedEx and I was driving um, because the FedEx print center is on the side of town where the big, there's a big brand new storage facility. And uh, I was driving back and I was thinking about the garage and how much stuff I have in there. And honestly, I was looking at it the other day and I was like, man, there's so much stuff in here and it's not. I was like, well, should I sell it off? And I'm like, but I need this stuff and I don't have room for it in the studio because the studio is a design space and there's not storage in there. It's right. literally it's not,
1: it's just an office.
2: Right. It's well, it's a, it's a design studio. It's like open space to be able to work and create. I can't get clutter in there and then I can't obviously store it in the cooler. it be ruined. And then the rafters are are um attic space is all
1: filled with christmas stuff and suitcases yeah, and things like that it's
2: completely full and so i was driving back and i was like you know what that storage place is right there and I, I was literally right across the like under the freeway from it so i just drove through the intersection and i pulled in and um there was i walked up to the girl and i was like i'd like to get a storage unit for my business and she was like well if you're getting it for your business there's a different process and i was like no, Wait a second.
1: A different process well, for a business one versus I, a regular I don't person? I know. She
2: was kind of confusing me. And then two people walked in right behind me. And I was like, well, this is going to take a little bit longer. Why don't you help them? And so I sat down. And then this gal said she paid her payment online. She was talking with the receptionist. And I was like, you know what? I should look them up online and see if they have any specials. Lo and behold, I'm so glad I did because it was um, – so they had two deals – if you go in in person and you get a storage unit, you get the first month rent for free. Gotcha. But then yeah. you pay their published rate. If okay. you book online, they have everything online to where you even get your gate code and everything. You can register for it all. And you just drive in. Like, you, could, I could have been sitting at home and been like, I want a storage unit. Let me go online and I'll register for it. Put my credit card information in. And then it generates an email with a code and tells you what unit. And the price was, get this, what's that? Sixty dollars less a month. No way. Yeah, it was almost half off. Whoa. Lock, locked it in because it's the online, the web based. Because they're not, you're not dealing with their people. That's why they are able to keep a small staff. It's mm. like they save on yeah, that. Yeah, most
1: reg- most of these storage unit places usually have a staff of like one or two.
2: Exactly. So they're the gal. She finished up and she's like, "I'm so sorry for keeping you waiting." I was like, "That's okay. I didn't know you had a web special. I'll just go through that." And then she, you know, I did everything. She's like, but I'll give you a tour. So she like took me to the storage unit and I got a five by 10. So it's not big, but it's a start for us, right?
1: Yeah. It's basically what it's going to be is we're going to house all the supplies for the wedding business. That's going to be in these brand new tubs and totes I picked up today at Home Depot. Well, that's
2: that's the part of the story that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, I'm
1: so sorry. I jumped ahead. Sorry.
2: Yeah, (laughs) you did. So I had you look at the pile and you said you hated it. And then I said, "Close your eyes and put your hands out together, right?"
1: Yes. And then what did I do? You handed off these weird keys, and like, what are these things for?
2: And it was, but it was inside of like a like a key holder, like the little plastic thing. Mm-hmm. And you were looking at it, and then what were you thinking
1: uh, about these? I didn't honestly. I thought when you first handed them to me, I swear I thought they were like little shelving clips You <laughs> put shelves together. I'm like, what are you? you know, maybe you build some shelves or something like this thing? I thought they were so they were. I'm like... That's funny. Yeah. These, they look like little tabs, like the bookshelves would have to keep the different shelves mm-hmm. in place. I thought those were what these were, but they're bigger. I am mean, like, that seems kind of odd. Yeah. And they told me they're keys to a storage unit. I was like, well, no
2: way. Yeah. So I gave you the keys, then I explained that it's a storage unit. And then once we sat down a little bit later... What is the special project that my logistics manager is taking on?
1: Well, uh, me being the logistics manager for the company, (laughs) you know, VP as it is, really. So what I'm going to do is I had to go to Home Depot and buy a bunch of those big plastic storage lids. The ones, I mean, storage, storage containers with the lids that can stack on top of each other because these need to be filled with stuff stackable and be able to put these into the storage unit. So everything that we're not using for the wedding business at the time, she's got tons of those hurricane vases, um, candles. You got all kinds of knickknacks and stuff for the yeah, weddings, like, vases
2: name. and stuff like that for all different kinds of weddings. And then the problem comes if they're in cardboard boxes, they're not stackable and then they're They breakable. kind of
1: are until they fall apart.
2: Exactly, but then there's breakable stuff inside. So it's like, well we've got to secure it so yeah
1: so i bought 10 tubs plus bubble wrap plus uh, we're going to create some kind of like filing system to where on the outside of these boxes these totes we're going to put like a label of what's inside it and then like somehow tape that to the outside from mm-hmm. all corners no matter where they are in the uh, uh, storage unit we can see what's exactly what's in each one we're trying to get this down to a science so when we go to the storage unit we're not having to like dig out everything to find that one thing we need and then so we, we have know inven- what it is. and
2: then we have inventory so that I'm not going and buying additional things that we already have in stock and then by the nature of doing this we're going to have everything organized and sorted so when it's time for an event we can just go and get these pre-labeled tubs that have a correct count of everything inside and we just pull it out and go to our event and you know get everything prepped and then when we're all done After we clean the items up here at home, we can take them back there.
1: Oh, I can't wait. It sounds amazing. I know. So what part of this whole thing lets me to retire early from my main job? Uh,
2: You ask me that all the time. (laughs) And you know that it's really starting to kind of grind me the wrong way, honey, because it makes me feel like. I have to keep working harder and harder and you're trying to find a way to get out on easy street.
1: It's not easy when I'm the logistics manager taking care of everything. Well,
2: let's see you step up on this big project and see how it goes. And then we'll have a performance evaluation (laughs) and we'll discuss, you know, future projects that you might be contracted for. Right now, we're on a per- a per project basis. Oh, yeah? you got to earn your stripes. Oh, and, okay. And okay. it's not easy because I am particular, but that's oh, what's yes, ma- you are. But that's what's made my business so freaking successful.
1: It is. You are amazing. And yesterday... I helped you out on a big event yesterday we did. We actually did a fake wedding wedding. If you see anything of our social media on social media like was it Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you will see pictures from the big fake event we did.
2: Well, no, because if you say big fake event, that's like the big fake wedding. We didn't do that. What we no, did it's was it's not
1: the big fake wedding, it's we did a, a staging.
2: We did an event staging. It's
1: fake. It's a fake wedding for a stage. No,
2: it was an event staging. That's what I said. A brand new wedding venue was opening, doing an open house, but they needed to prepare it as if it was a wedding event for their marketing materials. They had a bride and groom that were there dressed up, they took photos of, well, I'm sorry, I'm still in your thunder. You explain it from your perspective.
1: All right. So what Christine was hired to do was to stage the entire event as if a real bride and room and a real wedding was actually happening, but there was no real, quote-unquote quotation marks, wedding actually happening. It's all for f- photography and for press and for marketing materials and things like that. Which you know, think about this kind of stuff. You always kind of wonder, like, how do they actually, when they get these photos done and these uh, shots done for their promotional material... I guess they have to do like models and staging and the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. And so Christine was hired to do the arch flowers, which were looked spectacular, by the way. Thank you. And then he had to do all the table centerpieces, which looked amazing. And and then we had another um, a planner that was there. And she was setting up everything up too. So well, yeah, were- she
2: planned the whole thing and hired me for the event.
1: Oh, so you were the hired help for this event? It was yeah, the-
2: I was the hired florist. So. The planner, Evelyn Francesca, um, well, Evelyn Sol of Evelyn Francesca Events was the main planner, and then she reached out and contracted with all of these different vendors on behalf of the owner of the property, which the owner was really an amazing person, wasn't she?
1: She was, and she was very down to earth. And this property was amazingly large and very beautiful. like It was a horse a equestrian estate, and it had horses, and they had f- f- what else do they have? Be- beautiful lawns and beautiful graves.
2: Stables. Grass. And they had arenas. They had a whole arena training facility up Barns on the hill. Barns and
1: warehouses for stuff. It was basically like a big, like, I don't know. It was more than just a house. Right. It, it was like a business, a company, a, a Disneyland for horses. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And it it was so gorgeous. And then they have their main house, which is a big main house. But then they took this other area, what used to be uh like a barn, not a barn, but like a uh, housing quarters for the ranch hands where the on-site, like because it's an equestrian facility or it used to be a really fun- high functioning equestrian facility. They used to have all of the horse handlers that lived on site in the bunk house. And so no way. they took the bunk house and um, they transformed it. So they like gutted it because they don't have as many people. Well, they don't have people living on property like that anymore. And they gutted this little uh, ranch, little ranch hands house into a beautiful two-bedroom casita, which is used for where the bride and her bridesmaids all get ready. And it has this beautiful living room, a full kitchen, uh, one or two bathrooms. And they'll even rent it out to the bride and groom the night before the wedding and the night after if they wanted to like, like let's say that the bride wanted to stay somewhere with all of her girls and have a sleepover. And then everybody gets up and does hair and makeup the next morning together and has this whole fun time. They could do that there, which I thought was really great. That
1: looks fantastic. I, that's one thing you want about, I guess, a good wedding venue place. You almost want a one-stop shop. Do it all if you can in one place. Yeah. So, you know, which is a great, great way to do it. I think that's why a lot of these hotels are so popular with their wedding places. You get the rooms. You got the restaurants. Right. You got the on-site coordination, the flat, blah, 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 all right in one spot. Right. But this new – this owner is trying to transform their their – taking on a new adventure with a new business, trying to make it a full-on wedding destination.
2: Yeah. So it's called Peridot Equestrian Center, and now it's becoming called Rancho Peridot. So it's P-E-R-I-D-O-T, Rancho Peridot, and it's up in San Marcos, California. It's in this beautiful area with hills around it. And like Chris said, they have horses in some of the stables but this here's the thing: is typically you'd go to like a horse facility and you'd think that it would be like smelly or like hay. It's nothing like that. Lush green lawn, beautiful fountain. the The mock up of the ceremony that we did is in front of one of the stables. And you were walking around talking to all the horses, weren't you? Oh yeah, I was
1: naming them. You know, like hey, this one's Blackie, but if you're really <laughs> something else,
2: Sully, right? Yeah,
1: and I was petting the horse. One horse, I think it was Sully. I was petting him one time. Next, thing I go back to pet him again. He does this like turns his head, like whoa. Attitude that you got with me, boy. Come on out. I'm trying to be nice here. And then it's the, the, funny. The horses are talking to each other. They start like doing that <laughs> or whatever. And, and then they start talking. So, so they're doing that real loud to each other. And um one of the poor horses was older, and she was in this like horse treadmill which is kind of (laughs) weird. The way it works, it's like a merry-go-round for horses. I know that sounds weird too, (laughs) but the horses are on this track that's in a circle. In the center of the thing, it's this big like gimbal machine with these big arms that kind of go stick out and kind of hang out in front and behind the horse, almost like a gate attached to these arms that kind of go around uh, the path of the horse. The horse is walking, constantly walking because the gate is right behind it, following behind it. Uh, find the horse and it's going around in a circle. So you can fit like four horses in this gimbal machine and they're all, thi- they're all just being walked around. I think it was like a walking machine for horses, really. It's getting exercise.
2: Okay. You've said that term a couple of times. What's a gimbal? I'm like literally here on my phone and a gimbal is like a stabilizer for a video camera. What's a gimbal machine? There you go. Ooh, something like that. Are what? you just coming up with words? Well, it's like this thing that like the <laughs> describe it, you're just coming up with the it's word a,
1: for it. it. It's basically like a floating uh, carousel that floats around the horses.
2: You know, what? a floating carousel is a really good description of it because it does, it has like six different branches or arms that come out. And so, what happens is the horse gets um, connected to it, and so it's so keeps- the horse
1: wasn't connected to anything.
2: I thought it was. No,
1: that's what I'm trying to tell you. What it does is the horse sits in the middle between the front and the back. So as it moves, because basically they're all moving, right? Same direction. Mm -hmm. It hits the horse in the butt and it keeps it it. it moving.
2: That's what it was. Okay. But but it never
1: hit the horse in the butt. The horse, it got close to the horse's butt and it kept on moving because he slowed down, stopped, looked at me. They started limping. He's like, Come on, I'm, I'm hurt here. Come on now. What am I supposed to do? I'm just, I'm just a hired help, all right?
2: But the other thing that it does is it keeps them from going too fast, especially because it's rehabbing. And so that horse had a little bit of a limp, like you I said. noticed
1: it. It was like limping, you know? I was like, poor guy, poor little feller,
2: mm-hmm. you know? And what's so funny is one of the handlers, you were talking with her while I was doing the arch setup, and you asked her about the horse, and you were, didn't you say, oh, that one horse that was in the round, that round thing walking around... Um, It had a limp and she was super impressed that you were that perceptive to see that.
1: Well, that's the way I do. I'm I'm perceptive for everything, really. You know, I mean, most things, most Most
2: things. Most (laughs) things, yeah. (laughs) Women's feelings? No. (laughs) Limping horse? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. And accurate. (laughs) But we, I had, I know it's really hot yesterday And we worked really hard, but I had fun working with you. How did you feel about working with me? Maybe, you know,
1: I love doing this kind of stuff, even though it really kicked my butt. I was up early. I like came back home and I fell asleep on the couch, like lights out, just sitting down because I was so exhausted. I think it was just like being up and working in the heat and just doing things that you're not used to doing. Um,
2: Does it give you a different type of respect for me and what I do with my business?
1: No, but I've always respected you no matter what you do.
2: You said no. It doesn't give you a different level of respect. (laughs) Okay, it
1: does. I mean,
2: you've helped me before, and I've been like stepping you up into it. So we did that one wedding together where we were setting up the centerpieces, and now you did this one. This one still, I was moving a little bit slower than I typically do for setup because we were chit-chatting and all of that.
1: That's what I do best, baby. I know,
2: but so it kicked your butt. We did. We came home, and... You didn't even put the kids to bed. They just went upstairs. Oh, yeah. I didn't
1: know where they were at. (laughs) I just fell asleep on the couch. I don't know the happened to the kids. Next thing I know, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like,
2: is that for bed? No, it was 1145. You fell asleep for two hours on the couch and I didn't wake you up. And you were just fast asleep and you were snoring. And I was like, you know what? I was not going to bother you because you really did work hard and you were a great support. And... One of the things that I love about bringing you, I'm not going to, well, I am going to say this, (laughs) the thing that I love bringing you uh, to the events is that you'll unload all the boxes for me. (laughs) Yeah, someone's got to do it, right? Boxes and buckets. It's really helpful because then I'm able to focus on other stuff. But then there were times um, like Evelyn, the planner, she brought food back for you. So you got to like sit and rest for like 20 minutes. And then um, there was times when I was up and in the sun working on the flowers, and I had you just like sit and rest and bring me buckets occasionally. And so I was really trying to preserve your energy so that you could rest a little bit and I hope that you did okay.
1: Thank you. And remember one comment I made earlier <laughs> in the day yesterday, I said the greatest thing about yesterday was is I got two different women to buy me food. And I got you to buy me <laughs>
2: Starbucks lunch
1: or, or whatever bre- I got you breakfast.
2: breakfast. And uh-huh. then Ev-
1: was it Eve- Evelyn? Evelyn bought me lunch from Pan Express. So. And then I bought
2: you dinner. And they all bought me dinner I too. I took you to Outback while we were waiting for the event to be over. <laughs> there you
1: go. Yeah, yeah. So it's all All the,
2: the ladies. All, all the, ladies uh, the ladies for
1: Chris. <laughs> that's why you usually work. Works, you know, yeah. That's how I do it.
2: But, you know, one of the things that I really appreciated about yesterday is that the pace is different. I know we did have to be quick to get stuff ready. And I was running a little bit behind. But, um, you know, it wasn't as stressful or as anxiety producing as some events can be. And, you know, that is one of the things that whenever I build up to an event Sometimes I have a hard time managing my stress and anxiety. And so I get like very detail oriented.
1: Now, detail oriented, does that help you focus more on the anxiety or is it just kind of like you kind of push the anxiety, You kind of like everything in the world around you is just getting crazy. You're just like focusing on narrowing down to one thing.
2: It just helps me think through every different aspect of, um, so I'm, we're, we're similar and different. So you're like a worst case scenario kind of person and you focus on the worst case scenario. In my mind, I think of what could happen as the worst case scenario and then how to prevent it. And I backward map it and I organize like for events, like I think of, okay, so if we were to get to an event and I was getting ready to like unload everything and I noticed that we're going to have to go up all of these stairs, oh, is there a back entrance that we can get to that doesn't have stairs? And so I'll ask all of those questions and it gets me organized in advance. And so that's why like my brain is constantly running with like, okay, okay. I have this fear of maybe I'm not going to be able to get it all done, or maybe it's going to look horrible, or maybe they're going to hate it. And I go through all of these different things. And what I realize is like, if I just push through it, then it's actually really fun. But sometimes staring down fear can be like very paralyzing.
1: You know, it's funny you say that, you know, today's fantastic VIP guest we have on the Chris and Christine show went through something very similar to that, and he actually You know, crossed over and crossed through his fears is able to write a children's book all about that.
2: Absolutely. And we're gonna be back with him right after this. Are you in the middle of wedding planning and feeling overwhelmed? There's no need to fret, my friend. Christine Smith Designs is here to rescue you. Offering wedding planning, coordination, and wedding floral design services. Let us help relieve your stress and make your wedding day dreams a reality. Visit us at christinesmithdesigns.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E smithdesigns.com and request a free consultation. You'll be so glad you did. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have another fantastic guest on the show. He is a children's book author. Welcome to the show, David McBee. (laughs)
0: I love that sound effect. I think I'd like to get that one
1: for my house. Just play it every morning.
2: (laughs) Anytime you walk into a room. What sound effect
1: are you talking about? They're all right here, man.
2: (laughs) Our live audience. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. Where in the world are you joining us from?
0: I'm in Kansas City.
2: Oh. Kansas City. Now, the Kansas side or the Missouri side?
0: Uh, I technically live in Olathe, Kansas, which is on the Kansas side of the Kansas City metro.
2: Ah. Uh, See, you know that I was a Midwest girl when I can ask that question because not everybody knows.
1: The only thing I know about Kansas is, where's Dorothy at? (laughs) Oh, no. no. That's about as far as my Kansas goes.
2: (laughs) So you live in Kansas City or Olathe. Is that where you've been from your entire life?
0: Uh, The Kansas City metro, yeah. I moved around it a little bit. I grew up on the Missouri side. But, uh, yeah, my whole life lived here. My family's here. I love it.
2: That's fantastic. And are you a big Kansas City barbecue lover?
0: Oh, yes. In fact, and people tease me about it, I have a lover of barbecue in my LinkedIn profile.
1: Oh, wow. What? (laughs) So do you cook or are you more of like a consumer?
0: <laughs> I am very much a consumer. I I do some of my own smoking and uh but it's just so prevalent around here. It's much easier to go buy it than I would think spend so. all day working on it.
1: Now, uh you prefer like gas, charcoal or wood fire for barbecue? Oh, wood, definitely wood. Yeah, that's All what right. I it
2: gives it that smoky feel to it. I know, do you I
1: just like like see people have a gas barbecue like what a, you know, what a what, loser.
2: What a, <laughs> Now, I do need to ask you, since you are a lover of barbecue, what's the difference between like Kansas City barbecue and backyard grilling like we did just did on Fourth of July?
0: Oh, well, I mean, technically, it's all barbecue. Um, That term is used pretty loosely for anything you cook over a flame or over outdoor heat, right? Um, But a real barbecue is, is when you uh, smoke the meat over an indirect uh, flame so that the smoke flavor gets over the meat and cooks it super, super
1: slow. So that's really the difference. And it gets it nice and tender, right? It does oh, like yeah. A, yeah. Yeah.
2: Is that like what people use those Traegers for? I see men like posting about, I got a Traeger for Father's Day and things like that. And I think those are like smokers. Does that quantify as... That is definitely,
0: that's a good brand of barbecue smoker. Yes, absolutely.
2: Fantastic. Well, Chris (laughs) just barbecued for us over here on 4th of July. So would you say that you are a barbecue expert, Chris?
1: I don't know. I mean, I got one (laughs) of those like 5 burner, you know, propane tank, you know, <laughs> stainless steel or whatever. So when
2: not I'm, wood, not charcoal. Uh, no. no. <laughs> so you fall into that category that you were just saying. About, hey, what can, are you doing? I,
1: I can find a lighter and light it like that's about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> turn the gas on, recharge the propane tank. It's about as far as I go, I think. Yeah. With my, my grilling.
2: So do you barbecue on your own frequently?
1: I mean,
0: not as much as I used to, because like I said, it's just too easy to go buy it.
2: Definitely, especially when you're in the area where you live. And so, speaking of that, since you've been in that area for most of your life, um, do you have family kiddos?
0: Yeah. So my mom's still alive. She's uh, in her early seventies. Um, my father and his wife are still alive. They live not like they live half hour from me. Um, I've got a sister. She and I don't talk so much anymore, but. Uh, um, I'm married, been married for 24 years, and I have a 22-year-old son, and
1: my daughter's just about to turn 17. Look at that. Now, the seventh year old does she have her license yet? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. okay. Our okay. 17-year-old just got his learner's permit yesterday. He decided to wait just a little bit longer, but he's so excited, so we're celebrating that in the household uh, over this weekend.
0: And how do you feel about having a driver in the house?
2: You know, I am very excited for him. And he worked so hard studying so long to be able to pass that test. And, you know, there's a different kind of pride. And I feel like, you know, in California, we have different rules. So he's not allowed to drive at all until he has at least his first hour of behind the wheel drivers training with the, um like a company that you have to hire. So he still has to wait a few weeks to actually get behind the wheel and so I feel better about that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's going into his senior year and, you know, next year he's going to be off to college and driver's license. It just happens so fast.
0: Yep. Yep. That's exactly where I'm at. But Zoe got her learner's permit and her first car at 15. So she's been Whoa. driving for a while. Now,
1: was this first car a Jeep? <laughs> Good guess.
0: <laughs> um no, she, I, I'm not big on buying my children's vehicles for them. I'll help supplement them. But uh, she couldn't really afford a Jeep at 15. She has a Jeep now, actually, believe it or not. Yeah. But her, her first car was a, uh, a little bug. Oh, my son
2: Wait, would old, love that. The like newer the, one
0: or the old one from like the 60s? It's, it's the oldest new one.
2: If oh, that makes sense, it, and yeah. it was
0: it was old enough to be falling apart, you know, kind of, right, kind of a, a a little bit beat up, but uh, definitely not something from
1: the sixties. It was the one you'd take in like the Baja, like you get like lift on it, and you would go like running down the dunes with it, right? <laughs> Nothing like that, no. <laughs>
2: my my oldest sister, her first car was a Bug, also, and I just remember that my dad restored it for her. It was like a heap of junk. And then they, my parents surprised her with it. But it was like one of those 60s kind of ones. And it was originally purple. And so my dad had to like strip it down. But when he repainted it white, it still had this like purpley tint to it. Oh, so yeah. it was like a light lavender.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: But yeah, you know, kids growing up is always an interesting type of thing. You know, I'm, I just worry like what's going to happen when he gets behind the wheel? Is he going to get anxious? Is he going to get scared? Is he going to get nervous? How did you navigate that?
0: Um, I I love the app Life three hundred and sixty. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever for parents in this time and age, right? So it basically tracks where her phone is at any given time. Um, it's like the Marauders map from Harry Potter. I can literally see anywhere she is at any time, and uh, I can see how fast she's driving. It just it, it even gives you like alerts if there's a car accident. It's the best thing ever. So oh, wow. For a long time, I just stared at it and watched her get from home to school or home to work or whatever. Now, I, now it's been a while, so I don't stare at it as as often. But
1: it kind of sounds like the uh, the app on the iPhone, if you have an iPhone or not. How they have that track your phone app It's kind of like that.
0: Yeah, it's similar to the Find My app on the iPhone. It has a few additional features, like like it's it's live, like it tracks while she's moving. It's really it's really good about that. So
1: fantastic. Is there a charge for that?
0: Uh, we have the free version. There's okay. certainly an updated version that has, or a, a pay version that has additional features, but we just use the free version.
2: Oh, see, look at all of your sage wisdoms going ahead <laughs> of us and having older kids. Well, I guess our 17-year-olds are the same, but our 17-year-old is our oldest. So you also have a 20-something, and it sounds like you've definitely navigated a lot of the different parenting do's and don'ts with raising them.
0: I like to think so.
2: And so uh, speaking of that, we see in your bio that you've written some children's books.
0: Yes, I have and I'm very 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 proud of them. They're one of my most favorite things I've ever done in my whole life.
2: So what is it that led you to writing children's books?
0: Well, it's kind of an interesting story and it and it, it it's kind of snuck up on me on me to be honest. Um <laughs> so I, I've been a Jeep guy my whole life. Uh, I've been driving really? Jeep since I was 16 years old. Um, I bought my I don't know my seventh Jeep like in seventh 2018, Jeep,
1: huh?
0: and I was getting it um, lifted. I was getting some new wheels and tires and lift. As kind you, of do. It. yeah, yeah, yes. go on. And, and I had it at this shop, and uh, the guy working on it had a roommate. His roommate was in the back. He came around front, and he's like, "Hey, is that your blue Jeep in the back?" And I said, "Yeah." that's my jeep because it's pretty cool um how would you how would you like to go to my wedding and i was like what <laughs> like just out of nowhere the guy asked me if i want to go to his wedding so i'm like okay i need a little more information and he explained to me that he was getting married on the top of a mountain in colorado and only jeeps could get to the wedding and he could use some help getting some of the guests there
1: okay it makes sense yeah
0: yeah so i was like that that I, that sounds fun yeah let me let me think about it and uh sure enough i agreed to go and we went out and we went to the top of this mountain we lined up seven or eight jeeps and the bride walked down the aisle you know was the jeeps were the aisle it was hilarious
1: <laughs> that's funny uh,
0: but uh, after that we went out to uh, moab utah moab is kind of like this mecca for jeep drivers
1: oh i've heard of it yeah a lot of high it, tall like bluffs and lots of jeep trails and now the jeep trails um are they rated on a degree of like scale like uh one being weak and whatever number is the highest or something like
0: that yeah there's there's it's kind of like ski slopes there's some of them are reds and blues and blacks and greens and that kind of thing what was the
1: level of the wedding jeep trail
0: uh the wedding jeep trail wasn't too bad it was probably somewhere in the middle a five or six right but when we got to moab they took me on a trail called hell's revenge oh wow that sounds that sounds uh scary
2: <laughs> lovely <laughs> walk in the and, park
0: <laughs> and, and the entrance to hell's revenge is is uh is like this big piece of um uh stone if you will you know jutting up out of the desert are you guys still there
2: yeah we're y- listening yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: okay and um it, it i tell people it's kind of like if you were to imagine a uh, a hot wheel driving up the back of a dinosaur Right.
1: Oh wow! Which that? You're talking about the second stores with all the the crazy spikes.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like it's like 70 foot drop on the left. It's like a 70 foot drop on the right. It's about a 12 foot wide rock, and it's and it's all bumpy. So your jeep is tilting left and right, and I had this crazy panic attack. Like I, I flipped out.
2: Yeah, I I, would uh, too.
0: And and most people, when they look at this, they're like, are you crazy? Who would drive on this, right? Like you're looking around going, is this allowed? Like people drive on this, but there are literally, you know, you can see the tracks from all the Jeeps that have been over this, this huge stone. And so I started to freak out. Now I'm not afraid of heights per se, but I am afraid of shelf roads of being a V in a vehicle on a, on a, a steep incline. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, and, and I, you know, I don't know if you can hear the tension in my voice. Just yeah, thinking totally. about it is um, I started to like shake um, and hyperventilate and uh, I had pins and needles in my face. And so I put the car in park because, of course, I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to drive right off this thing. And uh, it was it maybe the scariest thing I'd ever done in my whole life. Right.
2: How close to an edge were you at that point? Was it like you really could die or was it just you thought you were in danger?
0: No, I mean, if I had veered three feet to the left or three feet to the right, I could have driven off and crashed and died. Yeah.
2: Yikes. Okay. Real Um, and present danger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Most people don't ask me how really in danger I was. I'm glad you asked. You
2: have so, rolled anyway. over
1: a few times at the bottom.
2: <laughs> you <train laughs> yeah, it. you tell him, yeah, let's just paint this horrific picture of what could have actually been your fate.
1: And, and you know, the Jeep could have landed well, on, on its feet, too, and you could have survived. I've seen movies.
0: Well, when your buddies <laughs> say um, when your buddies say, unbuckle your seatbelt on this part of the trail, because if oh, the Jeep goes off, you want to be thrown from the vehicle.
1: Ooh.
0: That's that's the kind of, you know. So you, you know,
1: unbuckle so you can get out quickly? Is that what it is? If you start rolling over?
0: So that you'll get thrown from the vehicle. Because if you drop 70, 80, 100, and sometimes some of these places have been, have been a 1,000-foot drop, um, you you won't make that. Wow. So, yeah.
1: So you're saying if you're strapped in and you roll down to the bottom, you're dead. But if you fly out of the vehicle while it's flying through air, you'll you're live?
2: higher likelihood <laughs> because you're not going to be tumbling that far. See, if you think about it like this way, Chris, physics. If you're rolling in a vehicle and you get tossed out on the first roll – then you're off to the side while it's tumbling, you know, 10 or 70 more times.
1: Okay. But I've seen this one Fast and Furious movie <laughs> where, where Dom but it jumped. Wasn't a jumped no, it wasn't in some car. It was lifted. He jumped over to this cliff and he was tumbling like 80, 80 times. He just walks out like no big deal.
2: I, I know. <laughs> but – did his stunt double survive? Is the I, can't <laughs> know. I can't believe
1: you're using a Fast and the Furious reference <laughs> in a
2: Jeep discussion. Well, it's the like, only thing
1: I can think of when it, it relates to this uh, scenario. Here. But I'm sorry, David. Go <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, so
2: you unbuckled. Let me let
0: me bring it back yep. to where the like the whole you asked how I wrote a book, and yes. I'm telling you this whole Jeep story, right? I love it. Well, here's here's kind of where the magic happened. My friends and I didn't I didn't even know these people that well, right? So I'm a little embarrassed. Um, but they got out of the, the guy in the Jeep in front of me, got out of his truck and he came back. The guys behind me got out of their Jeeps and they, they walked up to me. So they're literally standing right next to me and they just, they're like, you got this. It's, it's fine. Just follow where he's going. Just put your tire tracks where his went. You won't go anywhere. You got this. And they, um, they walked me through this process. Right. And they helped me get past this obstacle. And once I got past it, I mean, that i I don't know that I've ever felt more alive, right? When you face death, you're like, and, and and if there's Jeep people who are have been on this trail, they're like, gosh, what a wuss this guy is, right? But no. the reality is I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. Now, I've been back to that and I've gone over it and I was like, this wasn't so bad. But that's because over time, I've learned to overcome those fears. But the point is they were patient with me. They were kind. And when I got home and I would tell people this story some people would say, you know, that sounds a little bit like the little engine that could, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, people are like, you have to tell that story. And I was like, maybe I'll tell it as a children's book. Aww. So I turned myself into a little blue truck that gets on this obstacle with his new friends, and he has a panic attack, and they help him overcome it. And he, you know, he goes on to go on this big adventure and overcomes his fears. And then uh, at the end of the story, spoiler, he helps a new Character with the same fear.
2: Look at that. I love Full circle. that story. Now, my question for you is when you had to go over that big rock ledge thingy, did you have to cross back over it to get to the beginning of the trail, or was it more of a loop where you didn't have to face it again on the way out?
0: You have to come back, but you drive on a little different part of it. So oh. on the way back down, um, it's against a wall. And then there's a big drop on the, on one side, but there's a wall on the other. So if you just hug the wall, it's not as scary.
1: Well, it seems scary. I've seen some videos. I don't know if you've seen those ones where this, uh, I don't know what country it's in, but they have this crazy road that's like next to a cliff and it's like really narrow, like driveway width of, of a road and like the cliff is like, you know, right there. The, yeah. yeah. And then big, the mountainside. you seen those videos? Yeah. And those are some of the kinds of places that we've gone since then.
2: That's wow. Crazy. Now, we have gone to the um, – what's it called, Chris? The car show? The car exhibition that they have here in San Diego? Oh, the
1: International Car um, – it's the International Car Show. Yes. Or International and,
2: Call – whatever it is. And so here in San Diego, each year there's this big car show. And one of our favorite things is the Jeep uh, terrain track that they have. It's oh, like kind of right. a, a man-made, but it simulates like going – kind of like sideways and on some rocks and things like that. But when you're waiting in line, you get to watch the videos that they have of different Jeeps, like going out and doing these different uh, trails and ridges. And to see these... It's almost like a Jeep reminds me almost of like a a critter of some kind. Like it just crawls up these little surfaces. And I just don't know how when it's like straight up and down, it doesn't slide backwards. They're just... Very well, interesting sometimes they vehicles. do. I've seen
1: them do that, too. They go over something really crazy.
2: Yeah, but it's very interesting how they can be so stable.
0: I mean, Jeep knows how to make a vehicle that's you know made for off-road.
1: So, David, i got to ask you a very, very important question. This is probably the most important question you're, you're going to get all day today. You ready for this? Now, you being a Jeep guy and everything, what is your honest opinion of the new Ford Bronco? I think they're cool. Really?
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. you totally just surprised him with that because he totally, <laughs> And we over lunch we were talking and what did you say that you thought he was going to say, Chris?
1: Oh, that's just a, the Ford Bronco is just a Jeep with a Ford badge on it. I, it
0: <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, they took a lot of cues from Jeep to to make the new Ford Bronco, which is probably why I think it's cool. And they did some things uh, with like a 360 degree camera and a couple of other things that Jeep hasn't done. And so I like that they're forcing Jeep to, like, step up, right? Um, I don't think that maybe it's as capable of an off-road vehicle as the Jeep, just based on the experiences I've had with uh, my, my friends who have owned them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I say more off-roaders, the better. I'm I'm a fan of Toyota 4Runners and, and you know, 4 Broncos and Jeeps. Like, let's all go out on the trail and have a blast.
2: Now, do you think that my Ford Explorer would hold up on a trail behind your Jeep? Or do you think it's too much of a mom car? Because I'm thinking we should test her out. It's a
1: 2021
0: Ford Explorer. (laughs) So I have a lot of friends with like stock Jeeps that are like, can we go with you? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I I have a winch. So we can get you, you know, past some of the obstacles, but I can't promise we can do it without any damage.
1: Okay. What about my, I I own a um, Ford F-150 Roush four-wheel drive. What about that?
0: I mean, that'll go some places. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it lifted? Yes.
1: Well, it's, it's the Roush lift yeah. the, the Roush, so, Roush I company. Mean,
2: I have to use a big step to get up there. Um, oh, yeah. But still, Chris, I just don't think it would be as nimble as a Jeep, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, they're too big. I think some of those Jeep trails aren't smaller or narrow. I mean, we're talking on F-150. It's like this. If you look at my truck and you look at a Raptor, they look very similar.
0: Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the issues with some of the Broncos is that the trails are, you know, they're not big enough for a Bronco. Bronco is bigger than a Jeep. It is? I thought they were the same size. It's it's a little wider, yeah. Especially that Raptor one. You seen the Raptor Bronco? Mm-hmm. That's 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 a cool Raptor. I mean, that's a cool truck. I wouldn't I wouldn't kick that out of my driveway. <laughs>
1: well, I was just telling Christine. I said, "Hey, I put my order in for one last week.
2: Nice <laughs> try. Oh, well, then Buster. you'll get it in
1: twenty twenty-five. Yeah. Well, it, it's gonna be a flying <laughs> shit by then. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it'll literally be like a Raptor with wings.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, like I have my four-wheel drive and I rarely, like, we've only took it off road like one time, like put it in four-wheel drive once. It was four-wheel drive low because it was like in a muddy area, but that's about the most extent of my four-wheel driving. I've gone with the thing, that i owned it.
2: <laughs> so, David, you were mentioning your children's book and the way that you came up with the story. So, have you uh, fully published that initial children's book?
0: Yeah, actually, I'm on my third uh, my third one, uh, uh, which just came out uh, a few weeks ago. So the first one is called DJ's Off Road Adventures. DJ faces his fears, and it's basically the story that I just told you about the little Jeep. Who technically it's not a Jeep because Jeep's a trademark, but it's inspired by a Jeep, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then um, after you know getting to know these guys and going on other adventures with them. The real events that take place on the trail inspire the additional books. So the next book is called Better Together, Aww. and it's all about teamwork. It's about helping people on the trail who are broken down or who get stuck. One guy, one of my buddies, Tim, drove into this hole and almost flipped his Jeep on its side, what? right? And, uh And so we're climbing on the Jeep and pulling it off and, like, working as a team to get the Jeep back on all four tires. So I put that in the story. And so the second book is just about teamwork. And then um, the third book, which I I may be more proud of this third book than any of the others. It's called Girls Rock. Ooh. And uh, and it's all about how um, females in the sport of off-roading are, are minimized. You know, how they're like you can't do this because you're a girl. It's about a pink Jeep. Uh, uh, sorry, a pink truck because Jeep is copyright. <laughs> These aren't Jeeps.
1: <laughs> we get the um,
0: idea, though. Yeah. Um, but my wife and my daughter both drive pink Jeeps, so that helped inspire that character. That's so cute. Um, and then she goes out, and she just uh, she gets picked on by some really mean girls. Um, one of the mean characters is a Porsche named Karen. <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and they're like, you can't go off road. You're a pavement princess, blah, blah, blah. And she goes out into the woods and just tears it up. And she just, so it's all about how girls can do anything boys can do. And I'm really proud of that one.
2: I love that. Now you mentioned the trail and off-roading and having a background with literature. I know that sometimes things are symbolic, like they stand for different things. So when you're talking about being on the trail or off-roading, are you really talking about the trail and off-roading or does it represent something different?
0: Well, I, th- I think that question comes after saying, you know, girls can do anything they want. And, and certainly the story is all about how girls can go off-road and that's literal, but it's also figurative about how girls shouldn't be minimized in any situation and that they can do whatever a boy can do. Right?
2: Right. Absolutely. And I love that you're using this concept of off-roading because it it reminds people or reminds children that it's okay to not take the path that's always the most traveled by everybody else or the thing that's the safest and kind of navigating what risk looks like, uh, but through the story of cars and kids love to talk about cars and they love, you know, little Hot Wheels and things like that. I think it's a great analogy.
0: And they say right what you know, right? And Exactly. And- and I know Jeeps, and I know going off-road, and I know these trails. So that's my experience, and that's, of course, what I had to write about.
1: Uh, David, is your Jeep, is it the four-door or the two-door version? Um, well, I have um, a four-door Jeep. That's okay. the
0: one that the story was made up ap- after. Okay, but I also right. have a, I have an old 76 Jeep in the garage with two doors. Well, no doors, technically. but.
1: Wow, check that. Now, have you done any major upgrades? Like, have you swapped it out for V8 or anything like that?
0: It's, uh, it's a restore, uh, restored Jeep uh 76 so it's like pristine it's it's okay it is a pavement princess oh,
1: look, <laughs> look at that i know that um i know i hear in california we've got very like very strict epa rules and things like that like carbon emissions and all that stuff do you guys have some of the same rules out there in kansas no we sure don't so you guys can pretty much do whatever you want to the engine and nobody says nothing nothing I mean it's an antique
0: and I think antiques have different rules, probably even in California, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I think it's in uh seventy something is the rule. Anything that had like anything on a certain date or older, you don't have to get smog checked. But if it's like a newer vehicle, I know some of these newer vehicles, people like to put chips in them or they like to get um, upgrade the intake, supercharge, super supercharge, you name it, you know, so on and so forth. Some of their vehicles. I know that that at least out here you can't I mean you can't get smog checked or to pass smog and and the cops are all over you. That's a big pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about well, it. Well for
0: right? your California listeners, let me just interject that my wife's pink jeep is a hybrid. Ooh. So if that helps at all.
1: How's that is that a new thing? Is that something new they did?
0: <laughs> yeah, they came out in twenty twenty, uh I think or twenty twenty one. Twenty one I think. Now, uh, it's a,
1: being a hybrid yeah. is as powerful as enough torque to really climb over some of the mountains and stuff?
0: It it actually does. We just took it to Moab a few weeks ago, and uh, it did amazing on the trails. No so way! It's, it's, Check that yeah. out. And that's it cool. was quiet. That's the really cool part: is going up to the top of a mountain without an engine running. Oh, that's awesome!
2: Pretty crazy. Now, well, if it's a hybrid, is it okay? I'm maybe I'm gonna sound really dumb right here. Does that mean that you have to plug it in? Like, is it partly hybrid electric or?
0: Yeah, yeah, we okay. plug it in every night.
2: Here I was gonna ask a question, sounding really dumb. Like I see the leaves on the hybrid cars, like you know they normally have like the little emblem with like a green leaf. And I was thinking, is it hybrid, plug-in the only way, or could you like put leaves in it to power it? Obviously not. I know. Sometimes I'm a dingbat, but uh, but coming back to your children's books, David, and mentioning that panic attack that you had. Has writing these children's books helped you manage your own anxiety, or do you still get panic attacks and overcome by anxiety?
0: Well, it's this is a great question. When I got back from that first trip, I actually thought, you know, I don't want these fears to prevent me from doing this activity, because I absolutely love the mountains. I actually love going out with my friends, and I don't want to be the... The weakest link. You know, I, I, would, help, I would hold him up because I was the slowest driver on the scary parts, right? And uh, so I decided to see a therapist. And the therapist said, listen, really the only thing you can do here is exposure therapy. And I said, we live in Kansas. There's no exposure <laughs> therapy to shelf roads in Kansas. Mm-hmm. So he said, just little by little, you're going to have to figure this out. And um, I did learn a very valuable trick for overcoming anxiety. And I want to share this with you. I think your listeners cool. will like this. Um, I don't know that she originally came up with it, but I learned it from um, Mel Robbins. Uh, okay. She's a you know, yeah, self-improvement I love her. author. Uh-huh. She said that anxiety and excitement create the exact same physical responses in your body. And if you can tell your body that what you are experiencing isn't actually anxiety, but rather that it's excitement then you can almost trick yourself into getting past the fear and embracing the, the, the shaking of your hands and the, uh, the shaking of your hands, the, the, the hyperventilating, the increased heart rate. You tell yourself, this is excitement. This isn't fear, this is excitement. And so I have used that trick hundreds of times on my subsequent Jeep uh, adventures. And I tell the kids that when I do assemblies, The assemblies are about the book, but they're also about overcoming fear. I want the kids to know that if they are brave enough to face something that scares them, that the result will be a really, really profound memory and a sense of accomplishment. And you just just feel so alive when you do something scary. And so I, I try to encourage them to do things that scare them.
2: Absolutely. I love that that analogy, that scenario, because I'm thinking about when I experience anxiety um, and that feeling of nervousness, and it almost does feel like excitement, but with fear kind of clouding it. And so, like, if you can teach your mind how to compartmentalize that fear and just take a deep breath and, and leap, then you're on the other side of that fear pretty quickly. And It just seems I'd never even thought of it like that, about that very similar feeling. What do you think, Chris, about the connection between like anxiety and excitement?
1: I think uh, you get excited. I I think I always get Everybody gets a little excited, excited and anxiety. And um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Like it is. It's more excitement, I think.
2: Yeah, well, I'm just thinking about cuz we talk about anxiety in our relationship and things that we encounter that make us anxious. Do you think it would be easy to kind of flip that switch from anxiety to excitement? I think
1: yeah, but there's always a fear. That always goes involved with anxiety. I think it goes hand in hand. And you are afraid of what you may not may happen or may not happen or things may not go the way you anticipate. So the excitement of something going a certain way just gets ruined because it went the wrong way, and now you're stressed out.
2: So, in your books, David, do you speak to that type of energy, of that worry and that fear for children, and how they can overcome it?
0: Yeah, it was really kind of hard to translate that into something that elementary school kids could read and comprehend. Um, but there is a moment where DJ um, says, "You know, I'm I'm really excited," or I'm going to. I, I haven't read the book myself in, a, in several weeks, right? right? But he says something like, I'm going to turn this, excite- or ang- this fear into excitement, and I'm not going to let fear keep me from accomplishing my goals.
2: I like that. I like that statement. I'm not going to allow fear to keep me from accomplishing my goals. I think I need to write that down somewhere. While you might have written that for elementary age kids, I think that that speaks to me very specifically because there's so many times where... Um, I'll procrastinate on something or put it off a little bit because I'm afraid of what's going to be the outcome of it. But I like that. I think that. that's
1: everybody's fear, really. It's what keeps a lot of people you know, grounded from not doing things like your Jeep trail you went on. You know, like if you were so afraid of going over a hill like that or going off road, then you may not even get behind the wheel. You may have turned the ignition on, you know, like ever really, you know, kept you grounded. And a lot of people do find themselves in that situation where they don't. They'll never know if they never know. I'll never try it. You know? It's like
2: that failure to launch phenomenon, Exactly. Right? Yeah. So with now having three children's books under your belt, David, how do you go about promoting them and what have you done since you've published them to help get the word out?
0: So it's, it's definitely a challenge as an indie author to get the word out about your, your books. There's a lot of scams on the internet. Hey, you know, what? sign up for this contest and you could win and and, and be promoted. I, I've done all those things. and
1: Oh, okay. Well, how'd they go? Not so great. Not so, <laughs> There's not scams, so great. huh? I,
0: Is it I, I spent, I spent yeah. a lot of money that first year submitting my book to book contests and not getting really anything out of it.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, have um, you ever
0: tried going to like a public library? Yeah, you, you hand them the
1: book and they say thank you and that's about it. Oh, you don't do like the – they do like a story time reading? I remember the libraries around here, they had the kids gather around. The librarian would do like a story time. Yeah, problem. but then
2: the kids just check out the book and it's like they keep two or three copies. The better things like the bookstores and things, but that takes a lot of it's man same hours. concept.
1: You can still do the same thing there. Are bookstores still around? I don't even know, are they? Yes, they,
2: they are. Okay. Barnes & Noble. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging on by a thread.
0: Part part of my problem was that I launched these books in like February of twenty twenty. Oh. So the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I was gonna and my wife's an elementary school teacher, so I had some mm-hmm. inns at elementary schools, and those have just now kind of started to hit. I did several assemblies last spring and last fall. And those are a blast and those are a good way to get the word out. But you know, I don't really do it to make money. I have a great job. I have a great career. This is a passion project for me. Okay, good. Would I like to sell more books? Absolutely. Because it's expensive to hire the artist and go through that process Wait, of you don't, publishing. You don't draw these yourself? No, I uh, unfortunately do not did not uh, <laughs> inherit that brilliant skill from from
1: So who was doing your artwork and how did you find them?
0: Uh, it's a, uh, a brilliant artist by the name of Floyd Leroy. And I found Floyd on a website called Upwork, which is a website where uh, contractors go and and pimp out their skills, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like uh,
1: freelance stuff, right?
0: Yeah, totally freelance. And he's been amazing. He's he's the perfect artist because I have a vision in my head, and I'm incredibly picky about what I want. Uh, sometimes I'll send him a photograph that we took while we were on the trail,
2: mm-hmm. or
0: I'll send him a video of you know, a dash cam video of it happening. There's actually dash cam footage of my panic attack.
2: Oh, wow. No way. On
0: my on my YouTube channel. People Is it like get a, a
2: GoPro that you used?
0: Yeah, it was a dash cam just sitting on my uh, dash and oh, recording uh, the event. Um, and um, But anyway, uh, sometimes I'll I'll place Hot Wheels out on like bed sheets and <laughs> positions and I'll take a, 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 a picture of it with my phone and I'll send him that and he'll turn that into the... He's, he's amazing, but... You know he's actually made a little bit of money on my books <laughs> he has <laughs> has that trickled down to you <laughs> not we're not there
1: yet
2: <laughs> oh but man it so, was the other way it's out of his pocket so the, the so the
1: characters the main characters you created for the book well, he created well, you you designed but he actually drew how many like uh how many sketches had to go back and forth between the two of you guys for you locked in a real like this is the one? Oh.
0: 60
2: uh, oh wow
0: wow <laughs> And, and sometimes on a single page, we'll go back and forth 20 times. Oh, wow. Is it yeah. just like
2: getting the lines right and the expressions and just so you can capture the personality? Yeah,
0: I'm like, okay, so so Desi is supposed to be really, really angry in this scene. Can you make the car look angry? How do you do that, right?
2: Well, car, right. With
1: Cars did it with a
0: Disney, Pixar. Oh, right. That's true. But they, I mean, they have a, they're very 3D. They're they're very detailed, right? Right. Um, my pictures are great and, and the kids love them. And my artist finds a way with eyebrows and eyes and a little bit of mouth on the, on the bumper. So it's so similar cute. in that, in that regard, but we're just, I'm just picky. Like, I'm like, okay, that water is not transparent enough and I need to see more tire or I need more mud on this part. And like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just picky, you know, you're but he's selective amazing.
2: And you have a very clear picture of what you want. I wouldn't say that you're picky. That's a good thing, No, actually. I'm definitely I think,
1: picky. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's a good thing to be picky because, you know, it's your baby. You know, you want to settle for, you know, subpar stuff. Yeah. And, and some of my social media posts
0: are, here's what I sent Floyd, and here's the process of Floyd turning it into the final page. And people seem to like that behind-the-scenes kind of uh, examples of the book coming to life on my social media. So that's always fun.
1: Hey, where is Floyd located? Uh, Floyd is in Maryland. Okay. okay. So he's not like down the street. Like, hey, Floyd, I'm, I'm bringing these papers over to you. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> yeah. Back and forth kind of thing, like your neighbor. Yeah. Floyd uh, and I have been working together for
0: three years. Uh, we have had one phone conversation.
2: Oh, oh, wow. It's all
0: email and text, I guess. Everything is through email.
2: Wow. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that you were talking about the social media behind the scenes, including a bit about the process, because... When I visited with my son Disneyland several years ago, there was this huge line to get into the Animation Academy where people wanted to learn how to draw a character. And so I think that there's this natural tendency to pe- for people to be drawn towards like seeing what that creative process is and that that has to be so fun to see their reactions and to see, you know, where you started to where you're at now that the books are published.
0: Honestly, it's my favorite part of the assemblies. So I start by reading them the book and that usually goes over pretty good. They're like clapping, yay DJ, they love it. And then I'm like, would you like to see a video of some of my real Jeep adventures? And I show them this video and the oohs and the ahs and the screams. There's this one scene at the very end of the book where DJ makes it to the top of the mountain. It's a place called top of the world. And it's literally a a rock on a cliff. And the, and the car is like pulled up to the edge looking out over this beautiful Vista. Right. And I show them that picture. And then I show them the real photograph of the real vehicle at top of the world. And they just lose their minds. It's the (laughs) greatest.
1: That's fantastic.
2: You must feel like an absolute hero when you go into these <laughs> assemblies where you're like, all the kids are cheering for you and you're like, I'm a superhero.
0: Well, the minute I start to feel a little cocky about it, and one of the kids goes, did you drive your Jeep to the ledge? And I'm like, no, I had to have
1: a friend do it. <laughs> oh, you just said he did it blindfolded.
2: <laughs> kids will know when you're lying. They can read you really well.
1: I don't know. I blad my kids all the time. <laughs>
2: David, what's next on your agenda as it relates to your books? Is there a new book in development? Are you going on a book tour? Let us know and let our listeners know.
0: I got a couple books in mind. And maybe your listeners can tell me which one they think would be more fun. But uh, I kind of want to do one where DJ is out on Christmas Eve helping, you know, cars out of ditches, you know, because there's a big snowstorm. And he runs across a big truck. And this truck happens to be Santa and Santa can't deliver the toys because he's stuck in a ditch. So <laughs> DJ calls all his friends to help Santa. And so the story kind of goes, right? I don't want to give it all away. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one idea. Uh, the other idea is uh, to find an old Jeep in a barn. Sorry, an old vehicle in a barn. Yeah. Because Jeep's mm-hmm. copyrighted. Um, and then kind of nurse it back to health, right? So. We've donated a lot of these books. I did some several fundraisers to donate books to children's hospitals. And facing fear is certainly a, a concept that those kids face. But I, I, I'm wondering if there's a world where I help them uh, visualize um, a character getting well. You know, taking this old vehicle to the hospital and nursing that, it
1: back to health, or maybe one that like broke down or something you know
0: yeah something something along those lines even when it's been an accident or whatever right but but seeing how it can be repaired and come back and live a, a valuable full life right like, so those are those are the two concepts i'm kicking around in my head
1: what about the one that like like the jeep okay well, quote unquote the vehicle Tr- the, the, v- the vehicle
0: see like, i got you doing it now <laughs> yeah,
1: the vehicle like on no fault of their own get some kind of like accident or they break something happens to them it's not their fault but it happened to them and they, are, they are in critical condition their friends mm-hmm. have to help them nurse them back to their health the mechanic yeah. or quote unquote uh car doctor <laughs> you yep. come in and they were in uh the the mechanic shop which would be kind of like a hospital but not really kind of playing both on both sides of it you know uh, to get the illusion and that they kind of nurse the vehicle back to health and the friends come by and help the vehicle out and donate even parts like, hey, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out here. You know, you know
2: what I think would be a great one, Chris. So we are welcome to allow you to use this idea if you would like to. David. A patent
1: pending. So <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs>
2: Chris has a Nissan 370Z, his sports car, and we've been having some little difficulties with it because it's been sick and tired lately. So you could use a similar vehicle to the Nissan Z that's stranded on the side of the road, a helpless little friend that gets stranded and your little, your truck comes, your vehicles come along and help it. My other idea would be that you incorporate animals. Because it sounds like you only have cars. So what if there was like a stranded animal on the beach and then it would be DJ C- Great Sea Rescue? And he's like a big giant turtle that's like stranded on the beach and figures out how to like get a net and help get the, the turtle back into the water. I think that would be a great one, too.
1: That sounds fun, too.
2: Yeah. Here you go. We just filled you up with all kinds of ideas. (laughs) I mean, think
1: about the concept of helping and anxiety and the worry and stress and the friends coming together. You could pretty much use it for almost anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit, really, with that kind of stuff. So good on you. I I really like your product. I do like your um, stories about the vehicles, Uh, quote unquote, Jeeps.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so where can our listeners find your books if they would like to purchase them for their children, grandchildren and neighbors?
0: Probably the easiest, fastest way for them to get the book is to just order them from Amazon. Um, it's all under DJ's Off-Road Adventures. Again, my name is David McBee as the author. Um, but I do have a website, DJ's DJ'sOffRoadAdventures.com. For the the crazy few people who want an autographed copy, I can do that. I um, I don't get it, but okay. Um, <laughs> That'd be
1: great, yeah. Yeah, Awesome.
0: And DJ's Offered Adventure is on Facebook, which is kind of fun. That's where I show uh, reading to the kids, and I show pictures of the kids with the books and things like that. Uh, it's also on Instagram, and I'm recently kind of figuring out if I need to have a place on on uh, TikTok or not. It's, Don't it's do there it. now.
1: Well, if you have your Jeep stuff, I mean, your little Jeep. If you have little snippets of Jeep trail and kind of stuff, maybe you can put on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. If you have that, kind yeah, of stuff. it's
0: yeah. I've actually gotten some pretty good views on TikTok, but it's it's mostly people who just want to see Jeep stuff or right. want to make fun of. There's a lot of people who want to make fun of me. Yeah, make fun so. of you? No,
1: for, no, for what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is kind of a fun story. Okay, one of the one of the first videos I posted on TikTok was a Jeep hack for getting the doors off. So when you lift the door off of a Jeep, sometimes it can be a little awkward, a little bit heavy. And so um, I use a padded drywall carrier to kind of give myself some stability, right? And so I I just did this video, uh, you know, uh, TikTok uh, pro tip for getting doors off Jeep, use a padded drywall carrier. It got almost four million views. No way!
2: That's crazy. Yes,
0: you, sh- you should go look at it because the comments are hilarious. They're like, "Oh, uh, five foot dad joke or five foot dad activities." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> my mom smoked when she was pregnant with me. What am I gonna do?" Um, <laughs> or uh, I don't know, just like use your hands. Or s- some people are really mean. They're like, "Hey, why don't you have your boyfriend help you?" <laughs> <laughs> to, to which I replied, you know, he's at Old Navy buying more cargo shorts. So.
2: <laughs> Chris is cracking up because he's sitting here wearing cargo shorts. Hey, right now. Now.
0: I know. I was like, what's wrong with cargo shorts? People are picking on me for my cargo shorts. So I embraced, I embraced the mean comments and just had some fun with it. And uh, so, like I said, on TikTok, it's mostly just. it's just ornery people. I'm not selling any books on TikTok, I don't think, but but it's fine.
1: No, I don't don't think. I mean, I think it's like all these different things that kind of drive towards your main hub, which would be your website. So every little thing here, figure a way to drive it to that. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
2: Well, David, we've really enjoyed having you on the show today. Any last words that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
0: I mean, I know that a lot of your listeners are, are interested in, you know, family, right? And, Mm-hmm. And raising kids and and relationships. And so I guess my thing is, you know, challenge yourself, challenge your kids to do things that scare them. Because it's when we do the scary things that we feel the most alive.
2: Ooh, I love that. And listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to leave all of the information on where you can find David's website as well as his books in the show notes. David, thank you so much for being here with us today. If we're ever in Kansas City, we're going to look you up and we're going to grab some barbecue <laughs> together.
0: That's right. That sounds great. And thank you. off-roading, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. If you love music and podcasting, now you can have both. Introducing the brand new K2 radio station, available 24-7 on the Live 365 app for free
1: specializing in rock and alternative music we're talking bands like coldplay nirvana muse imagine dragons and yes even the rolling stones they have all stopped by to drop off songs and we even have brand new popular tracks added every single day
2: also on the free k2 radio station we are hitting podcasting get the best of both worlds download the free live 365 app or listen online at live365.com and type in K two Radio.
1: You know, uh, having David on the show is fantastic. I love t- you know I love talking shop I love talking Jeeps and cars I know. and trucks and things like that.
2: You love talking about any vehicles. What was it the other morning? You woke up and you're like, Babe, I saw this thing. Like last night, I was at work and it was like a photo of the new Bronco, and I was looking at it and I'm like, First thing in the morning, what I think of is coffee, coffee. I need cream for my coffee. Coffee.
1: Well, oh, I that too that's too, of course. Yeah, oh, but lately, yeah. but
2: you've been waking up and you're like, you know what? Or you'll text me in the middle of the evening right before I go to bed because you're at work. And you're like, you know, I saw a commercial for the New Z and da-da-da-da. Oh, or, yeah. or I just saw this Raptor truck and uh I saw this, you know, Dodge that and I was wondering, you know, could my truck beat it? You love <laughs> you love talking about cars, so I'm I sure you enjoyed a, this interview.
1: I did. I think this is just a kid in me, you know. Every kid loves playing with cars and trucks and things like that and all that fun stuff. And you know, Ezekiel for speaking. Speaking of which, isn't he like taking his driver's license test or something?
2: Yes, he had his first two lessons and he got to start driving on the freeway. No way. Yeah, it's very exciting. So, uh he had his first lesson last week when um when I well yeah, early last week, I think it was, when I was up there, and um, was it just last week? Anyways, it's like over a week ago, because uh, that was the reason that I went up there. I went up for the bridal shower, but I also went up to spend time with Ezekiel, and I was able to have a lot of really good time with him, and I was so happy about that. Uh, but <laughs> I got to let him drive me around at night. No way. Did I tell you this?
1: No, no you didn't tell me this at all. I didn't
2: tell you? Oh, I was. Uh, he was so excited because it was nighttime. He drove me... And my parents. Which, which car? The Explorer. Your car. He drove me and my parents from their house over to Sonic, which is across town, at night. And he was such a good driver.
1: Really? Was he yeah. over cautious? Like looking. He was big.
2: very cautious, and he was trying to be very aware of what was happening. Like he got in, he got his mirrors all straightened up, he got his seat into the right section, like the right way that he wanted it. Um, he got his
1: music all adjusted right.
2: No, I did no music because it was his first time driving at yeah, night, and yeah, I wanted course. to make sure that he was of super course. focused. Like but You're not
1: supposed to use any music at all for your, for, to get your license, really. Right. Even, even then, you really shouldn't.
2: Right. Yeah, you're supposed to just be attentive to everything that's happening around, and so I said no music, but he did a great job, and then this week, he learned how to drive on the freeway with his driver's training instructor.
1: Wow. So the fr- but the freeway's up in Clovis area. It's Fresno. Fresno yeah. area. Probably the more wide open, not, not as of traffic, probably, right? There's a
2: decent amount, but I don't I don't really know. But the point being is that, I mean, of course, it's different from L.A. traffic, but they definitely do drive fast on the freeway up there, which I think can be a bit nerve-wracking for a new driver. But he told me that his driver's training instructor really helped him to navigate that. And, you know, he was a little anxious and nervous, but it's just like our guest was talking about this week, is like pushing through that fear and conquering it. And so by Ezekiel like having that little bit of nervousness and then pushing through it and having somebody to encourage him through it. Now he's driving on the freeway.
1: Well, check that out.
2: I know. And can you believe that He's going to start his senior year next week. No way. Yeah. hes I can't even believe it. My baby is almost graduated from high school. Well,
1: check that out. What are you going to do when he does graduate? I
2: I'm going to cry. <laughs> really? I can't believe. I mean, okay, here's the deal. I look back at pictures of, yeah. of Ezekiel, and I know you do this too, but I get super emotional because ever since he was born, like I've just been so in love with him. I don't know if well, you're sounds- supposed to be. It's kind of the way it works for your like, parents. But as a baby, he was just like the sweetest little pumpkin, and he was always so happy. And, you know, sometimes people have babies that just seem kind of grumpy or like difficult to calm. He was always so happy and just happy to be with me and my little buddy. And um, when he was growing up, you know, he just loved to run errands with me and go places, and I love to travel with him. And I think part of me is very nervous that once he graduates that You know, he's going to, of course, become an adult over the next few years and, like, start wanting to be independent, but I just feel like maybe he's not going to need me anymore, and that just makes me sad because I love him so much. Oh, look at you, Mama Bear. I know. He's just such a good kid, and I just, I'm so proud of him and, you know, driving and all these new things that he's doing. I just, I don't know how to say it, just that I'm proud of him. Oh, that is fantastic. Well... Thank you so much for putting this interview together for us today, Chris. And speaking of interviews, I know that you've been doing some fun stuff over on Patreon, right? Yes.
1: If you are one of our lucky patrons over there on Patreon, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Chris and Christine show. There's a link to it onto our website. But if you go on over there, you will get access to the guest interview. Check this out. In advance, VIP access. Early access to the guest interview.
2: Now, does it, it doesn't have all of our banter though, right? No, exclusively
1: only just the guest interview. We'll have that on the Patreon feed early. So if you want to just have straight to the guest, whatever guest we have on this week, you can get access to that and you can listen to it as much as you want, all your heart's content. Go play it along what you want early before the episode comes out.
2: That's awesome. So, I mean, we know that you all love our banter, but if you want to, like, cut to the chase or maybe there's something that really piqued your curiosity, then you can hop on over to Patreon and you can uh, give a little sponsorship, subscription, whatever you want to call it. Fund the fun over here at the K2 Studios, right, We would really
1: appreciate that so much because-
2: It'll help Chris retire from his work. It will. That's the
1: goal of life itself. (laughs) Oh, that's
2: young. Everybody over here chip in five bucks and uh 5, 000 of you will keep Chris from having to work.
1: There you go. That's the that's <laughs> goal. That's everyone's goal right mind.
2: Yeah. Well, know. it's yours for sure. But definitely. But we definitely appreciate you all, and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode and all of our other episodes. Um, if you don't want to hop on over to Patreon, or if you don't know how to, then you can always find us over at our website, which is
1: Chris and Christy Show. Com.
2: Oh my gosh, that was very dramatic. You are like in a mood tonight. Well, anybody, everybody, thank you, anybody and everybody, thank you so much for listening to us and we'll be back with you next,
1: next week. week.